Welcome to Digital Transformers, the show that connects you with what you need to build, manage, and operate your digital supply chain. Join your host in a timely discussion on new and future business models with industry-leading executives. The show will reveal global customer expectations, real-world deployment challenges, and the value of advanced business technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain, and robotic process engineering. And now, we bring you Digital Transformers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AT&T BizTalk LinkedIn Live, Cybersecurity and Network Modernization. My name is Kevin L. Jackson, the host of Digital Transformers on Supply Chain Now, and I will serve as the moderator for today's exciting discussion. You know, network security is getting more complex. There are so many more ways to connect than ever before. With 5G and Wi-Fi and hardwired connections, uh, and there are just far more devices connecting. Mobile phones, tablets, laptops, the internet of things, and these devices all expand the threat landscape. The growing popularity of remote and hybrid work also introduces a new security challenge. So joining me to discuss the challenges and opportunities surrounding network modernization are respected industry thought leader in digital transformation, AI, cybersecurity, and IoT, Helen Yu, and the torchbearer for ethical tech, international advocate for opening access to opportunity, and professor in advanced technologies and global strategic advisor. Oh, and by the way, the birthday girl say happy birthday to Sally Eve. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Most kind. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for sharing it with and, you. All. <laughs> uh, you know, um, welcome to you both. It's it's clear uh, that cybersecurity needs to be a major part of the network modernization process. So to get things started, please give us a bit more on your background and your initial views on the importance of network modernization. So since it's your birthday, let's start with Sally. <laughs> oh, most kind, Kevin. Thank you. Lovely to be here with you and obviously with Helen as well. Great conversation area. And thank you for the kind intro as well. So yeah, basically I won't, I won't repeat those kind of different kind of role hats and things, but, but I work across obviously emergent technology, but also education and social impact and how you fuse those together, you know, for shared value. I also come very much from a telco background, fully enough, from like CTO and change manager roles. So everything around this subject around network modernization and embedding cybersecurity at the heart of that, you know, rings so close to heart. I think you set it up brilliantly, actually, Kevin, in that intro. I mean, how many different vectors of change have we had over recent years, you know, whether it's geopolitical or the escalation of cyber threats, the um, accelerating threat verticals and areas as well. Our postures need to react to all these different threat verticals, um, but also not lose sight. It's not just a technology proposition. This is around culture. It's around change management. It's around process. It's around skills as well. So when we look at kind of that acceleration of digital transformation, we've seen it all across the world, all across different verticals, different speed, you know, depending on different um, baselines, etc. But we can't lose sight of reflecting where we've come from. And as we create new opportunities, we also you know, create risk verticals as well. And that's my biggest thing around network modernization, 
focusing on cybersecurity is not an add-on, it's not an extra, it's that embedded by design approach that we have to have. We have to look at it holistically, we have to look at it from a multi-layered approach as well. Oh. And I know we'll go into this more detail as we go through it, but it's my start. No, no, thank it's you very important. much. And, and you're in London today? Yes, absolutely. London's so our land, network indeed. is strong. And uh, Helen, you're joining us from uh, Chicago land, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, greetings from the winter wonderland. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for the warm introduction, Kevin. Happy birthday to you, Sally. I can't wait to celebrate that in person with you in the months. Uh, Kevin, it's great to see you and again. You're making a big move um, here you soon, know, aren't you? Absolutely. I saw Kevin last time in New York, and he was the one carrying all the gadgets <laughs> with him. So, you, yeah. Um, you know, let me share a little bit about the uh, my background, right? How I got into cybersecurity. I got in cybersecurity by accident back in 2019 when I was invited to keynote at IRM event in Zurich. And then that got me hooked, right? I realized how much how important it is for people to gain more knowledge and also realize you don't have to be super technical to get into the field of cybersecurity. And since then, I'm a vice chair a sitting on the board of Global Cybersecurity Association, and we got to speak to experts, industry experts, to learn more about what it is, right? Cybersecurity evolves every single day. There's no expert as a result of that. So that's being said, and then I'm also, as a uh, founder and CEO of Tigon Advisory, uh, we provide value creation. We're a value creation accelerator providing C CXO, uh, fractional CXO services. Uh, managed security service or service, uh, service is one of the services we provide partnering with other vendors or industry uh, <clears throat> leaders. And uh, when it comes to network modernization or cyber, as all of you know or heard, IDC really talks about there will be 416 billion IoT devices in 2025, right? That's only two years away. It's going to generate 79.4 zettabytes of data. What that means is the sheer volume of data presents challenge. And so network security investment is not, a, as Sally said, is not a nice to have anymore. You have to really understand where you're at, where you're um, Sweat with a vulnerability is are associated with firewalls, intrusion, for example, prevention and network segmentation, and then or access control. In because a strong network security posture can help you ensure regulatory compliance, build customer trust, protect reputation of the organization, and most importantly, to keep you really, um, I would say, keep you stay current or you stay in the business, right? Because you can easily disappear if you don't really pay attention to or embed cybersecurity as a strategy uh, within your uh, within your company. Wow, that's, a, that's an important thought. And, and as cybersecurity professionals, we are all right now getting ready for the RSA Conference 2023. And sort of to follow on on your statements there, Helen, the theme at uh, the conference is stronger the, together. What does that mean when you're talking about cybersecurity? Uh, I love this theme, as a matter of fact, because cybersecurity is a team sports, 
right? That means that it means about importance of collaboration and co- cooperation. Um, we all know that cybersecurity um, is no single organization individual can effectively protect against all the potential risk, right? So this also talks about you know not only the collaboration cooperation uh, between the private sector and the public sector. And then it talks about industry can be more effective if we work together protecting against the cyber threats and ensuring that all the digital infrastructure remains secure and resilient. Yeah. So, um, Helen, I know you are really, you know, at the forefront of sustainability. Um, And as we look at protecting our our information and the the numbers of devices and the amount of data, um, what does being stronger together mean to you? No problem. I'll come back in on that, Kevin. No problem at all. Um, So first of all, just echoing really, I think Helen's comments there about how important that thematic is about stronger stronger together. I think it's absolutely imperative. And it leads off other events we've seen as well, where ecosystem collaboration, it's right at the fore, MWC being a great example of that too. So love the fact that RSA is really embodying that. For me, it kind of tells a story as well. I mean, we've always had a history about collaboration in cybersecurity. You know, it pays no no heed, does it, cybercrime? You know, what border you're in, what geographical boundary, it transgressed all of those things. We've always fought on that best when we've collaborated and shared data in a safe way. But I think what's happened, you know, again, we mentioned it earlier with these different vectors of change. We've got um, geopolitical uncertainty. In some ways, we've had to close off certain mechanisms where we would traditionally have collaborated. So we've got that. We've also got more technical, say, complexity. Um, and in sometimes we've had product incompatibility, which can impede collaboration too. So we've got that history. We've got some challenges. Um, but to go forward, we've got this appetite to come together. And why is that so critical now? I think probably the best example I would give is, you know, what the bad guy is doing right now. Now, how many times are we seeing bad actors come together to affect negative change around cyber risk? And they're even helping to kind of bring back old risks as well. Uh, I did some work recently around Emotet. And I called it like the chameleon of the, of the cyber threat world because it just keeps reimagining itself. So it's got a lovely kind of visual image there. Um, and that was brought back in many ways because of the power of bad actors coming together. So if there's any, you know, any kind of bigger kind of, um, kind of catalyst to, to do this better, that stronger together vibe, that I think is a great example of why we need to do this. And, and for me also as a final point, you know, collaboration, it goes beyond things like governance and things that are obligated to do. It's a step beyond that. A bit like with sustainability, as you mentioned just then as well. There are certain targets that are embedded in different legislation, but you can go beyond that, like science-based targets, for example. So my big point there is kind of we can go even further still. So yeah, love that theme. And I think it's so, so, so important. So if the defensive side is coming together to be stronger because the attackers are, are coming together, one of the things that the exactly. um, recent ATT Insights cybersecurity report highlighted was a need for a balanced cybersecurity spend. Well, um, what does that really mean? How do you balance your investment against everyone coming together, Sally? It's a great question. And I think my answer is partly how we communicate 
about this, what the narrative is. So rather than this cost of investment, what about the cost of insecurity? Reframe it around that. Now, we've seen this kind of scale, scope, sophistication of risk accelerating, lots of different um, you know, things affecting that, one of which being IT and OT convergence I'm seeing right up there at the moment. So to address these particular threats, we need to look at things more holistically. Um, so for example, as we treat these um, issues, we need to treat them, say, as part of business outcomes. It's not different kind of component separate siloed parts. I think that's really, really important. And the narrative around that matters too. Um, one example of that I've seen quite effectively at the moment, particularly with the rise of edge use cases, is merging um, edge with cybersecurity principles and policies. So it's this bringing together this holistic treatment, I think is really important too. As I mentioned at the top, I think about culture, process, change management, et cetera, and skills too. But I think the other thing that's really interesting about that question, because yeah. you mentioned there about balance too, I think sometimes as well as that holistic look, we also have to go more granular and more focused. So within that brilliant research from AT&T as well, what I loved is the fact it gets broken down into different parts too. And one where I've done a lot of work recently because of my sustainability actions in particular is around the rise of cyber risk in say utilities. Um, big, big, big hit there at the moment. And if you drill into that particular research, you see, for example, there might need to be more attention and particular spend around securing that area. Probably something we'll come back to a bit later on. So I'll, I'll pass that back, but I just think a really great question. Well, you I want to bring that Helen in, into that. So, so Helen, because you, um, your company provides uh, fractional CSO services. And as a CSO, you have to look at all of these threats. Um, what does investment balance mean to you? Absolutely. So when it comes to investment, we all think about what is the cost benefit, right? That's when I when from cybersecurity perspective, it's about perceived cost of ownership and effectiveness of control, especially for mid-sized companies. They don't have a you know really big budget to spend what you're gonna do. So I always feel like the cost and benefit analysis would be a good starting point. Uh, for example, you there are many areas you can you know, when it comes to uh, network modernization, right? As IDS, we all know, intrusion detection could be really an area's overall benefit winner, right? People, every single company needs to have the intrusion detection in place, regardless of the industry, the size of a company. So then, password is another thing. How do you really make sure every user or every employee and your contractors? all are in compliance with your password protection. Then there's also um, these days about cloud. Cloud is really viewed as needing the most security followed by IoT networks. But when it comes to these details, uh, company needs to really know where they're at, right? Start with an assessment, comprehensive, risk assessment can help them identify where they have the most uh, critical assets, potential threats and vulnerabilities that need to be addressed. And then you can prioritize cybersecurity investment based on uh, risk management principles to me and aligning your investment with your uh, you know, where you have the most vulnerability and, and um, challenges there. And also align it with resource needed. Sometimes you may want to outsource. So having that initial awareness and do a cost uh, cost-benefit analysis to me is where I would Yeah, but a, a lot of the things that you're, you're talking about, like companies, modern companies today, they probably already have a lot of investment in some of those those basic things. But but now we're, we're talking about going to the next level when it comes to network security. Um, 
Uh, how does the investment in network modernization uh, align with this balance when it comes to security, with dealing with things like IoT and, and multiple clouds, um, and quite frankly, uh, hybrid work and, and working from home? And, you know, how, how do we deal with these other network security concerns as we modernize in this balance? Yeah, that's a great question, Kevin. As a matter of fact, as I mentioned earlier, right, we talk about 41.6 billion IoT devices two years from today. And the sheer amount of volume of data itself is beyond our capability to manage. So that's being said, network security is something we must pay attention now. And what happened is that, you know, how do you do, I mean, a strong network we talk about is a balanced approach, right? We have to address all the critical areas of cyber and we talk about firewall, intrusion prevention, network segmentation, and then some secured access control. And to me, automating that whole process is a must. Right? Because if you rely on a human, imagine you rely that the hacker is not right. doing that manually, right? They leverage the advanced tools, technologies to hack uh, the network. And then organizations need to be really mindful. And how do you automate that entire network is really critical to me that it's not just about um, doing one thing, but you have to have holistic strategies. Sally mentioned that earlier, holistic view of where exactly you are at from network perspective, where you have the most exposure, and then implement that locally because you may, if you have a large enterprise, you may have local, uh, the, the vulnerability might be different depending on the region you're in, then there are different regulations there. You have to also be mindful. So it's very important to start with a roadmap, right? Here's where I'm at holistically. My cybersecurity principle to me, it could be, you know, how do you automate? What kind of analysis, uh, analytics you have in place? And then what about architecture? Those are three things you look into, three principles you look into when it comes to network modernization. And then, then apply that to each of the region or segmentations you're in. And verticals can be different. Healthcare might be different than financial services or government or public sector might be different. So you have to have all those details mapped out before you go um, apply that into uh, your your strategy. But investment in network security should be top of mind, should be the first thing you think about rather than right. an right. So uh, So Sally, Helen talks a lot about automation and the importance for the organization to automate the network security processes. But does it all lie on the the organization there are there are a lot of managed services for for network security out there is there a balance between what the organization or enterprise does for network security versus maybe you know leveraging some of these network managed services for your your modernization efforts 
that's a, a great follow-up question there. And I'd firstly echo what Helen said about knowing where you're starting from. I think that's absolutely huge. You know, with any of these challenges we're dealing with at the moment, you need to have that baseline and then benchmark from there. And then again, you can get more buy-in as you progress through as well. So I think that's really, really important. Um, in terms of, of your question there, Kevin, as well, uh, I think a couple of different elements kind of bring to bear. First of all, I would say is as you modernize, as you develop, as you bring in more automation, there's an opportunity to bring in embedded software security by design as well. So as we improve the network, you get more benefits. So low latency, you've got um, software defined, you've got higher bandwidth, all these different benefits coming together. That gives you new opportunities to, as I said, build that software security right from into the network by design. So I think that's an important point to make too. We can bring these two elements of investment together. Um, also, I think there's echoes of things around sustainability here as well. This kind of has to be done by design. You know, you can't retrofit some of these things. So again, you need to think about whether it's security or sustainability sustainability, you have to do that from the network up. So it is looking at the different layers around network, around architecture, even processor too. So I think that's very important too. Um, but the role of managed threat detection and response, I think is key. You know, we mentioned at the top about yeah. the power of collaboration, didn't we? But also the power of trusted partnership to help you know, navigate some of this noise around cybersecurity too, to filter through to what's really relevant for you, your organization and that sector that you're particularly in and where you want to develop and grow as well. So that personalized support, that filtering, that trusted partnership, access to the latest information and technology and supporting you as you grow and navigate through this very changing world. And particularly, I give a shout out as well to a lot of developing SME, SMBs at the moment too. They can be the weakest link sometimes in, in cybersecurity risk, particularly around supply chains, and sometimes feel kind of most exposed and less supported. And there's actually a lot of support out there that can be tailored to organisations of all sizes as well. So definitely recommend what you were saying there, Kevin, about getting support and that facilitation to support you through this progress, even if you're enterprise level. I think the great role. Well, to you know, this one of really the things is. about uh, managed threat or managed security is that in this year's AT&T Insights Report on cybersecurity, the number one threat was DDoS. I mean, that's a huge network out there to, to protect. Um, and, and as we expand as enterprises expand with um, the Internet of Things and IoT, uh, organizations need to deal with with this. So does managed services help uh, with this challenge as you as the with the DDoS challenge? I think it definitely does. Absolutely. I mean, just look at the cost of this as well. I, I'm actually involved in a report on, on this very subject at the moment. And we're roughly looking at costs of about $300,000 per hour as the downtime of a DDoS attack. It's that significant. Um, and then there's other obviously costs as well around in terms of reputation, for example, and other areas too. So it's not just about the cost and the downtime, et cetera, but it's a really significant challenge. We've got different kind of uh, routes into DDoS attacks as well. So it might be protocol, it could be application there could be volume as well. So different areas to look at as well. And I think a lot of organizations are remaining vulnerable in this way because of issues around complexity, lack of visibility. You mentioned there around IoT acceleration, but also we have that integration across IT sorry, and OT as well. So lots of different technologies converging as well. And as a result of that, we're getting more and more possibilities for you know, threat surface areas to extend, to become more complicated, to become potentially siloed, and to not have that kind of 360 
360 view of what's happening in your organization. So again, and also try, um, things like sprawl as well. You can inadvertently kind of bring in more techniques to try and solve problems. And actually, they, they confuse people and take you away from that active knowledge of what's happening right now and getting ahead of things. And you're chasing back and you're chasing alerts. And you know, we see it, don't we, in operational teams at the moment, lots of challenges around burnout too. So absolutely, that facilitation, that support, that expertise across technology, but also across deployment and across education and across research into the latest trends in, in cyber risk, et cetera. It's the way to go forward to navigate a lot of this noise in many cases. I think so Helen, from a CSO point of view, how should the organization deal with this DDoS challenge? Well, as I'm preparing for a keynote speech on cybersecurity, I'm just doing some research, right? In, in cybersecurity venture, expects global cyber crime costs to grow by 15% per year. So that means in the next five years, that would reach $10.5 trillion wow. by 2025, two years from now again, right? Up from $3 trillion in 2015. So if DDoS is number one, you can imagine the amount of growth you know, threat, right? And from threat perspective, uh, as I mentioned earlier, both Sally and I talk about, you know, you have to know where you're at first, right? But really important, a few things really important when it comes to DDoS, you have to secure your IoT devices. We all know there are so many of them, not just the employees within your organization, their suppliers, their contractors out there. You have to make sure you understand where these endpoints are all. And then I work with a customer. They told me they have 300 endpoints. <laughs> turns out to be 3,000 wow. endpoints after the assessment. Right? We laugh, but that's reality. Not knowing where exactly you're at would put you really expose you bigger risk. Secondly, you got to segment segment your networks, right? Because you want to network segmentation can help you limit the impact of DDoS attack. And uh, and then the other thing is, how do you deploy DDoS mitigation solutions? There are many of them. Then you have to really assess, making sure uh, you have something in place. But most importantly, I think Sally mentioned about this, about employee training. Most importantly, you have to plan and practice an incident response. I've been to so many like we've been yeah. in board, I've been in board meetings where we talk about strategy. Everyone knows the important strategy, but but if you need to come up how you react now, this moment is you know DDoS attack right this moment. How are you going to reply? You know, really respond to that. So every organization should have that at your fingertip, right? If this happens, what I'm going to do? And really important for you to think about how you block the attack. And then how you examine and analyze and then so what happened, what triggered that. Most importantly, how you recover and what lessons you learn from this to, to prevent that from happening well, again. So, so, so wait a second, though. I mean, um, you could probably forgive a CSO for having a bit of whiplash because last year everyone was trying to protect themselves against ransomware, which was the number one threat. It's now dropped to number eight, which was where DDoS was last year. Is, is ransomware no longer an issue? Well, it's interesting, right, um, perception here, because if you cybersecurity venture predict that by 2031, ransomware will cost victims $265 billion each year. It will attack the business consumer device every two seconds. Right. I'm surprised to hear it's no longer number one. You know, imagine you get 30 yeah. attacks within a minute. 
what's going to happen? Maybe it dropped um, for now, but it, to me, ransomware continues to be a major cybersecurity threat, right? Despite uh, dropping from number one to number eight, because these numbers uh, evolve all the time. But, you know, we all know ransomware could have bigger impact than any other uh, attack, right? It's significantly, and then causing financial losses, reputation damage, business disruptions. And so I would say you need continue to stay vigilant and then regularly take the action to make sure you have a response, you know, understand how you reco- recover. Yeah, so, so Sally, what's your view, ransomware versus DDoS? Oh, it sounds yeah. like a battle, doesn't it? it we need to get like, look at the sticks now or something like that. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would say, so first of all, I'd echo the point Helen made there. Ransomware is still a big issue. I totally concur with that. And I think what really interests me as well is that maybe we need to look at it more from a vertical stance. So when you look at that data, so again, I do quite a lot around energy and sustainability, and it actually came out as number two in the AT&T research as being the number kind of two threat in that particular vertical, so for energy and utilities. And I think it reflects the fact that for some of these particular challenges, and types of attacks, certain verticals are more prone to certain types of uh, vulnerability, to put it that way. So definitely it's still a major threat, but depending on where you are, what sector you're in, um, and kind of the advance of digital transformation where you are, different ones will have more of a kind of risk profile for you. And I think energy and utilities is right up there and not even just ransomware. I don't know if you've seen about this, Kevin, oh, killware okay. has been a rising area in this particular sector when... Um, bad actors are not just threatening uh, you know digital estate and physical estate they're actually threatening individuals who are managing those those as well so it's a critical critical area i'd also say around the rise of edge as well um again in the at&t research i think it was around the two-thirds mark sort of 66 percent, something like that but it was showing concern around ransomware attacks at the edge as well and, and given the growth in that area i think you know protection there is another one to absolutely focus on too so yeah i think we have to kind of look at all these different areas in the round but maybe just get a bit more granular about your specific vertical and threats that are very relevant to you. I think the other area to look at that maybe hasn't come up so far is around APIs as well. I really think ransomware and API attacks are still very prevalent. I mean, Experian was a very recent one um, example of that and Twitter too back in January. So yeah, definitely want to still oh, keep an eye so on that. So you bring up a, a, another point of this, many, many other threats other than DDoS and, and ransomware. How can decision makers, Sally, really keep up with this changing threat landscape. It it seems to be overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, there is a, a lot of information out there. Um, re- research, like the research we've been talking about today, I think is very, very powerful, particularly when it's broken down and gets more specific. So you can personalize it to your particular sector right. and kind of type of organization. I think that's really, really helpful um, around, around the relevancy of that as well. And the fact when you've got continual barometers of change, so it's not like a, just an annual report, you've got those continuations of updates in between. You've got executive releases. I've been really impressed by a lot of organizations really coming together as well and open data sharing around these threats as to you know education is empowerment isn't it in so many different ways so keeping up with that i think is important doing your own research into this area too and collaborating i think is important too but it's also you know where you're getting yeah. your information sources from the makeup of your teams it's that area that's important too ensuring that everyone's got a voice you know we talk about shared responsibility about yeah. cybersecurity a lot don't we but to do that and to really action that everyone in your organization no matter kind of what their role or experience level is whether you're even a tech-facing role or not 
every role is a cybersecurity facing one. So we have to back up, you know, education at decision maker level with education for all and helping people feel empowered to kind of speak up and say, do you know what? I've seen that. I'm not sure if that's right. And I, I'm, and to not feel afraid to do that because that can hold people back a lot. So I think that's important. And also specific personalized training at C-suite level too. I think a lot of roles have changed. You know, the agency, the CFO role becoming more operational, for example, let alone, you know, the CISO role, you know, impacting so many different elements today. You know, the very heart network modernization going back to the top of our discussion. So absolutely, education is important. The right voices, the right makeup of teams and making sure you've got external and internal knowledge sharing too. It can't just be that uh, internal echo chamber conversation. You need everything to come together. To so, so Helen, as you support and provide CSOs across multiple industry verticals, do you see a, a, a difference between how these decision makers in the different industries can keep up with this changing threat? Absolutely. I mean, I echo what Sally said, but I put that into okay. six S, right? The first S is stay informed. Decision makers should really stay up to date to on the latest cybersecurity threats and then trends through the industry publications. Number two is to stay alert. So they need to conduct regular risk assessment. And then we talk about zero trust all the time. How do we identify the risks and vulnerabilities, align their cybersecurity strategy and resource allocation accordingly? The third S is stay engaged, right? You got to stay engaged with cybersecurity expert, maybe go to these RSA conference and then so that not you can really connect with them to learn more about uh, additional insights into threat landscape and develop uh, adaptable cybersecurity strategy, the force is safeguard. How do you safeguard your through multi-layered approach to security? It's so essential so when it comes to network edge to edge, right? And security strategy, governance, and threat management all work together on a single platform for threat detection, incident, incident response, and compliance management. That would be awesome, right? The solution like AKT offers. The force asked to me, uh, the, the last S for me here is how do you really think about from service perspective, right? Sometimes you may want to manage in cybersecurity landscape continues to grow in complexity. Managed security service should be something might be a better uh, option than in-house management for increasing numbers of organization. If you're mid-sized companies, mid-sized, you may not have a deep pocket to hire a large team of cybersecurity that maybe you want to engage uh, outsource certain element of the work. So at the end of the day, cyber operation service is very, very critical. Um, you want to really look at uh, for, I mean, companies like AT&T offers that solution, not only the product technology, but also the resource uh, can help you set it up in the, in the least in the least uh, cost uh, perspective or way, right? In the most uh, right. cost-effective You know, way. Uh, you, you mentioned going to the RSA conference. Um, I, I just made my uh, flight reservations and I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to learning more about how managed services can help when uh, enterprise is trying to modernize it, the network security. So, um, Here's a question, you know, Sally, what, what are you looking forward to at, at RSA this year? 
Well, I tell you what, Kevin, as we said at the top, you know, birthday, <laughs> we're talking all things RSA. So that, that tells you how much I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I, I can't wait. Honestly, I think it'd be great. I mean, we saw it recently, didn't we, with, with events like MWC coming back you know, to almost full levels again. There's such a joy about being in person. You can't beat it. You know, going to the AT&T booth, immersing with those conversations, doing the demos, getting hands on with things. I absolutely love that. Speaking to customers and also just seeing what people are experiencing, you know, in terms of challenges, but also opportunities in this area too. And just the acceleration of different trends, you know, around diversity and security. I think it's massively important. What we've seen so far today in terms of talking about network modernization, that embedding of security by design, going through those different levels, you know, from network to application to processor, biometric security there, but just breaking down some of the silos we've had in the past, seeing that movement to the edge that we've been talking about too. But overall, yeah. it's that word coming together, isn't it? Community is community, get, you know, come together, negate the bad actors and have the joy of doing that in person and sharing the knowledge for everyone as well. Because again, that's massively important. If you can't be there, there's so much we'll be sharing from the event, you know, um, to gain democratize that access to learning about security as well so that everyone can benefit from it. So yeah, oh, I, no, can't I can't wait, can't wait, wait to, to see, see you in IRL. And uh, I know that, that Helen will probably be joining us on demand because there is a parallel uh, virtual. So so from the on-demand point of view for RSA Conference, Helen, what are you looking forward to? You know, I'm most excited about, uh, you know, the opportunity to learn from industry as thought leaders and then also uh, network with my peers. And uh, I look forward to hearing what uh, AT&T is. I heard there's a major announcement they're going to make during the RSA. I can't wait to hear what that is about. Uh, also, you know, I would love to hear more from both of you what you've learned from that uh, conference. Uh, unfortunately, I have a conflict uh, schedule in conflict. I won't be there in person, but I will be supporting multiple customers remotely to celebrate uh, with all of you. No, great. You know, that's the power of the network, right? <laughs> Being able to uh, collaborate and communicate uh, in a secure way. So thank you both for, for sharing uh, your tremendous insight. Uh, unfortunately, that kind of brings us to the end of the AT&T Business BizTalk on cybersecurity and network modernization. Uh, for more information, please download the AT&T Cybersecurity Insights Report and visit the AT&T booth if you're going to be at RSA Conference 2023. And, and make sure you uh, tap me on the shoulder. I'd love to talk to you. Um, the link for the Cybersecurity Insights Report and, and the information on the AT&T booth is provided. Uh, so you should also be on the lookout for the next BizTalks Twitter chat that's coming very, very soon. So for all of us here at AT&T Business, this is Kevin L. Jackson wishing all of you a bright and transformational future. We'll see you next time on AT&T Business Biz Talk. Thank you for supporting Digital Transformers and for being a part of our global Supply Chain Now community. Please check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com. 
Make sure you subscribe to Digital Transformers anywhere you listen to or view the show. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Digital Transformers.